my mom, you know, she is a woman of faith. And so her entire life, she always said that you're going to be in a battle at some point. Fight your battles on your knees, but when you get up, have a plan. That was what she told me all the time as a kid. And so when I was eight years old, I remember seeing her going through domestic violence uh, with my dad. And I remember crying with her on the stairs. And I looked at her and I said, one day, I'm going to play in the NFL. I'm going to buy your house. You're not going to cry anymore. And you manifest that thing. Like it becomes real to an eight-year-old kid. And you start to realize that, whoa, okay, I have something to live up to. Are you ready to step up your game? Do you want to form the habits required to take your hustle to the next level? You're in the right place. We've been where you are and know that getting to your optimized next level doesn't happen by accident. Welcome to the Next Level Hustle podcast. Each week, we sit down with experts, entrepreneurs, and people at the top of their game to help you discover how to accelerate what you've already been doing with excellence and speed to find success and fulfillment in every area of your life. I'm your host, Boomer Allred. And I'm also your host, John Wiesahan. This is going to be Next Level. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening again to the Next Level Hustle podcast. I'm John, your co-host. And I'm Boomer, your co-host, welcoming our guest, Leonard Wheeler, to the podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, Thank you for being here. So, you know, Leonard, if you don't mind, you know, I'm just going to take a minute really quick because I think this is really powerful. I'm going to take a minute and read a snippet off of your website. Okay. Because I read this to my team earlier today. And it was, uh, it was really powerful. Leonard is an entrepreneur, author, corporate consultant, and former NFL player. He's a natural-born communicator, dynamic storyteller, and highly sought-after speaker, acclaimed for his rare ability to engage, motivate, and inspire audience of all types, sizes, and ages, from high school athletes to high-powered CEOs. So welcome. It's an honor to Thank have you. you here. Thank you. And I'm uh, really excited to dig in. So... You know, at the Next Level Hustle podcast, we love to talk about Next Level Hustle and what it takes to get next level, right? Yes. But what we don't talk about a lot is is all the roadblocks that we have to overcome along our journey to become the outlier who is the successful business person, the NFL player, you know, you name it. Those are truly outliers because it's a very small percentage of the overall uh, population on earth, quite frankly, right? That's right. So... I'd love to to get your perspective because of all the experiences you've been through and where you are today talking about adversity, right? Because adversity ultimately is what brings us to overcome challenges that take us to the next level, right? But it's pushing through those roadblocks that ultimately end up helping us get mm-hmm. there, right? So I think talking about that would, you know, just give us your opinion on that. What, what's, what's your thought? Well, first of all, let me just say thank you to you guys. Uh, for having me here. When Boomer asked me, it was it was really a, just a quick yes because who can say no to Boom? <laughs> it's hard. Um, but, I, but I love the question. I also love the name Next Level Hustle. I think, you know, growing up, um, growing up in the projects uh, my entire life, really, you start to realize uh, that you don't want to be there. You don't want to come back to that place. You don't want to experience some of the lows as far as, you know, maybe the lights being turned out at the end of the day, 
or you can't eat until seven or eight o'clock at night, you know, mm. you start to realize that, whoa, you know what? I want to get out of this place. And so secretly, a lot of times you create these goals and you create this ambition to say, what do I have to do not to become this person when I'm older? So it's almost like you're manifesting a vision in your head. Yes. And then you have to put something into practice to be able to break from the from that. That's it. And my mom, you know, she's she's she is a woman of faith. And so her entire life, my entire life, she always said that you're gonna find you're gonna be in a battle at some point. She said, fight your battles on your knees, but when you get up, have a plan. Amen. That was what she told me all the time as a kid. And so when I was eight years old, I remember seeing her going through domestic violence uh, with my dad. And I remember crying with her on the stairs. And I looked at her and I said, one day, I'm going to play in the NFL. I'm going to buy your house. And you're not going to cry anymore. And you manifest that thing. Like it becomes real to an eight-year-old kid. And you start to realize that, whoa, okay, I have something to live up to. And it creates this drive inside of you that you will not allow someone to steal that from you moving forward. So that, that was a manifestation. So Token. if I can jump in, where did you call upon that? Like, did it show up, you know, with your different, the different steps that it took to become an NFL player through your college, through your high school? Did you think back to that moment? Or is that something that when you reached the NFL, you remembered back on it? Or is it something that powered you through? It was something that powered me through, boom. Uh, my cousin, Daryl Swilling, and I, uh, his brother played in the NFL. Uh, my cousin, Pat Swilling, played 13 years, who was drafted in 85. And you started to realize, I continue to remind myself of it because I saw elements of it that I did not accept in my life. One was hitting a woman. Right. You know, because I have, I have three sisters. So I was very protective mm -hmm. of those girls and me having a girl and a wife. You're like, no, that's a no. And so from an eight year old kid, even younger, I started to realize, no, 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 you don't hit my mom for one, but you don't hit women. Right. right? And so that was a value that I had that continued to drive other results from the story that I told my mom at eight years old. That's really powerful. I'd love to go back for a minute on what your mom said, you know, because having, as a person of faith, it's, you said your, mo your mom told you you're going to fight battles, right? Yes. And I think a lot of it goes unsaid sometimes, but I think, you know, this has kind of been on my heart lately, so it's a good time to bring it out, is you're not always fighting physical battles, you're not always fighting earthly battles, but it's the spiritual battles that can wreck you the hardest. And, and truly the mm. ones that nobody knows about. Yes. And that's Ephesians 6.10. Right. You know, it says, put on the full armor so that you can fight the battles. But it talks about spiritual battles, battles that are unseen. You can't see it. Mm -mm. Right. And sometimes it can be a mindset that you can't measure. It's not quantifiable. Right. And you can't really explain it to anybody else. Can't explain it, but you know you're going through it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know you're going through it on some level. And so... So that is something that I really just took to heart. And for the rest of my life, I've been, I've been praying. 
That's awesome. Fighting my battles on my knees, but when I get up, I have a plan. So along the way in your journey through, you know, you told the story when you're eight with your mom and you got there, right? Obviously from eight to, I don't know, 19 or 20, whenever you joined the NFL, right? Yeah. That 10 or 12 years, what other, like what adversity, you know, tactically did you oh have gosh. to overcome through high school, through college? Because I, I think it's really important for people to know, like it's, you may look at me and say, oh, that's really easy, but it's not, right? And, and what, what are those things, and it may all look rosy, it's truly the trials and tribulations that al- allow us to get to where we are. People see the end, they don't see the middle. Right. Right? Everybody sees the highlight reel. Somebody, yes. And so I give you or two. Or the low, low light reel. <laughs> right? You're <laughs> in front right. of yeah, a lot of right. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So I'll give you two quick stories. When I was, when I was in the eighth grade, this bully, these two bullies, came up to me, and they said, um, we're going to kick your butt at practice today. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to kick my butt at practice, but they will not kick my butt if I don't go to practice. Hmm. So I quit football in the eighth grade because these were two guys from my community that were like, you know, they you were tough. on your back. Oh, they were tough. And, and um, so I went home. My mom said, what are you doing home? I was like, um, I quit. She was like, we don't quit. So, hmm. I, so I went back to the coach and I asked him if I could get back on the team. He said, yeah, but you're not going to play. So I did not play in any games. In the ninth grade, taken from that eighth grade experience, I didn't have an identity. So I played offensive guard in the ninth grade. <laughs> I was the smallest offensive guard in the, in the state of Georgia. And so... So, you know, those two experiences were adversity for me because I had no identity. I didn't know how I was going to make it to the NFL playing offensive lineman. And so, so, it's, so it's just amazing how people come into your life after that. This, uh, my defensive back coach saw me in the 10th grade, and he said, hey, why don't you come over here and hit somebody your own size? I said, what? I get to go hit people my own size? <laughs> he said, yeah. And that was it. And that was Coach Cox, my defensive back coach in high school. That's awesome. When you really start to look back and you put all the pieces together on who's been influ- influential in your life, it's neat to see because nobody ever really leaves. Nobody leaves, especially from my uh, small hometown. Growing up, it was 7,000 people. So you, know, so you play in the NFL. What teams did you play for? I played for the Bengals five years, uh, signed a year with the Vikings, played there. It was probably one of my best years of football. And okay. then came here with the Carolina Panthers and uh, played for two years. So played eight years and uh, it's great experiences, though. Like, I mean, tremendous, great battles and, you know, adversities. I blew out my knee my last year mm. and I blew out my wrist in 1994 uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. That sounds painful. It was painful. I was a kamikaze type player. Like, I'm, <laughs> I was trying to jump over offensive linemen and my. Foot caught here, or my knee caught his shoulder pads, trying to hit the running back, and I landed on my wrist, got up, and my wrist is dislocated. Ugh. And so, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you just, it's just a part of the game. So, all right, you, you know, you made it in the NFL, and we talk about next level hustle. You know, what are people doing when you're not watching, when people aren't watching you yeah. to get you to the next level? What are some of the characteristics you've seen? 
in people. Maybe doesn't have to be the superstar of the team. I mean, just even to make an NFL team a, pra- a squad off the practice squad or what do you see? What are the characteristics of folks? I mean, you're really good friends with Reggie White. I mean, he yeah. was next level. He was next level on every level. Seriously. So just, just uh, if you tell me some of those you know, characteristics, they may be obvious or maybe not so obvious to our listeners. You know what? I would say one of the characteristics is um, people underestimate how hard we work. They do. I remember when I was in college, uh, my senior year, I would have three days, and at 1 a.m., I would go out on the field by myself hmm. and work out again. You know, like there's a drive that is there that you can't even explain it, but you know that you're going you know to outwork the, ne- the person next to you. You're going to outwork them mentally, physically, spiritually. You're going to bring something to the table that will separate you from the status quo. And that is what we're always looking for. We're always looking for what will separate me from average. How can I separate myself from being average? I don't want to be called that word. What does that look like for me? And you create this hunger, this burn, and, and it's triggered by a challenge. It's triggered by I'm not good enough. It's triggered by I'm not fast enough. It's triggered by you're never going to rise up. It's triggered by this is how you grew up. You'll never be anything. It's triggered by so many different things that you just can't measure. And it creates a hunger inside of you. You're a corporate coach as well as an individual coach, but where do you see those characteristics, triggers? How does that translate into the corporate world? You know, just like you guys have the podcast, Next Level, right? You're always asking yourself, but you're always creating a standard of what is next level in other people's lives. And when you start to see the light turn on, that they get it, right? That is, it reminds you why you continue to do what you do. You know, because one thing that I realized that God gave me a gift. And I realized that everybody has a different gift. I can't make your gift my gift or my gift yours. But what I pray about is that God would allow me to see your gifting so that I can help manifest it and bring it to life. And so that is really what I, what I love to bring to all of my clients. That's what I love to bring when I'm speaking, the passion and understanding the gifting, but also to recognize that those people out there that I'm speaking to, I'm fortunate to be able to speak into their lives in some capacity. Not that they're fortunate to hear me, but I'm fortunate to have an engagement with them. And if I can celebrate that peace, right, it's never about me. It's about how do I celebrate them at that moment. Yeah, it's true. Uh, going back to the next level and what that means, it's, you know, I, I, saw, I heard a saying one time, I don't chase dreams, I hunt goals. Mm. Right? So I have a dream or I have a vision, but I'm going to execute on that. And that's going to be exciting. And we just started another company like three weeks ago. And a, a good friend of mine just came in. I hadn't seen him in about two years. He goes, you have an addiction. 
because you just have an addiction starting companies. I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a hobby, right? But I think it's, it's, uh, it's part of what goes back to um, a gift, right? Like I feel like I have a gift of a vision, but the, the ability to celebrate the people around you and surround yourself with people who complement your weaknesses mm. is what is, for me, more rewarding than starting another company. Mm, like, good. that's fun to start another company, and the vision is cool, but that vision's never going to be executed unless you surround yourself with the right people that share the vision and want to help you and join you on the journey. Mm. So having people good. along on the road with you joining the journey yeah. is more powerful to me in seeing them succeed than me executing on the gift that I have. And that's good. Yeah. I mean, because God never sent someone alone to do anything. Never. If you read the entire Bible, it says where two or more are gathered, I'm in the midst. So two or more always were sent to do something. He never said, go by yourself. Go alone. Let her go alone. He said two or more. And it's powerful. But a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. That's right. I can't oh. preach the I can't preach the Bible as well as you can because I have a really bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying it's it's uh, so it's, it's that is a great word. I'll tell you what I I one of the themes I want to do here soon because like I said earlier it's been on my heart lately is I want to do a podcast around faith and business, yeah. and I think it's incredibly important and the the power that faith and being prayerful about things and listening to the discernment that God puts on your heart to act and take the next step towards something that you may think is crazy and the people around you think are crazy. You know, I think it's really important. I think a lot of people either leave it out or don't talk about it enough. Yeah, I think right now we're in a, um, we're in a conundrum. Seriously, we're in a very fragile place right now, I think, in our country to where uh, certain subjects are easier to discuss and certain subjects are not. And it's really discerning the space understanding when you should have those conversations. You know, I always, when I, when I speak with people, they're like, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to say what I need to say. I'll say, okay, good luck with that. It's probably not going to last very long, right? Because we have to discern. That's why he gave us the word discernment where we are so that we can discuss things that make sense at that particular time. And some things aren't going to be popular. We understand that. But, I think we have to make sure that we're not compromising too much and making people feel so comfortable around us all the time. Yeah, it's we're at, at church, they're in the middle of a series, and it's, it's called the Do the New You, right? And people get so caught up with, I'm going to do me, or you do you, right? How about do what God called you to do? And sometimes that's enough because he's going to call, call us to be uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with uncertainty. That's it. And I think as men, not to exclude my sister back here, uh, I, I think as men, sometimes we have a problem with uncertainty. You know, we have a problem not feeling significant. We love significance, and that is a part of it. You know, the first thing that God told us to do was plow the fields. It was to go out and work with your hands. And so that's why our significance a lot of times is driven around work and the things that we do. You know, hearing you say you love to start companies, right? Or your friends say you love to start companies and you're, you're, you're an addict to starting companies. Well, what I hear is a person that loves to create opportunities for other people to be successful. 
That's right. Right? You love to bring people along your journey. And as you do that, that's what Boomer does a great job of. He's always adding people into the multitude of celebration. And that's what I hear. I don't hear addict. I hear someone that's not afraid to move. Yeah, it's, uh, so, so just building on that for a minute, this new company, you know, we really don't need any money to start it, right? But I have really close friends and what I, I consider, um, you know, I want to bring them along to the journey because I consider them trusted advisors. They're like, hey, I want to invest. I don't really need the money, but I want a part of my circle, right? So we'll take, we'll take a little bit of money from them just so they got some skin in the game. And it helps me because I know I have a resource that's mutual in nature. They would be mutual anyway, but there's a vested interest there. And I, I, I don't need them for the money, but I need them there for their brain and their spirit and who they are to me, Yes. right? Because I believe that they've been put in my life for a reason, and I think they have to be a part of it. I don't think there's an option for them not to be. That's good. You know, and you have to surround yourself with people who make you stronger. That's right. And that's where Boomer's here. He makes me stronger. He doesn't realize it all the time, but he does. Um, Just the presence, right? And knowing that I can tell somebody, he's somebody who can tell me that I'm not doing something right. And I'm not, you know, there's no, uh, it's mutual in nature, right? Right. Because you have to allow it to happen. Right. Because you can have Boomer around or your friends around, but you can still be closed to allowing them to speak into your life. So it is really your submission, you submitting to that part of you and saying, I'm going to die to that part of me, that ego edging God out, right? I'm going to die to that part of me and I'm going to let them speak into my life. So that really just it starts with us first. That's right. Allowing that to happen. So let's talk about the circle, right? I mean, you've worked in corporate America as far as uh, you know, being an executive trainer, Have you seen downfalls of companies, of, you know, CEOs surrounded by yes-men, athletes surrounded by yes-men, right? Downfalls, and you open the paper. I mean, I think that happens all the time. But in your own personal experience, where have you seen this happen? And what can we do to catch ourselves? That's a great question. Um, You know, I'm a a co-executive director in the NFL office um, in New York, and you know, Ch- Chad Pennington and I, we're, we're co-executive directors together. We have 24 guys that partner with us around the country. You know, we are around that space a lot. Be it CEOs, upper level managers, supervisors, et cetera. The fear, and I call fear false evidence appearing real, right? You know, it appears to be real. And so it is real to them, right? To be honest with people. And so it's easy to hire people that will go along with your shenanigans. You know, and I'm not speaking for any area in particular, but what I'm saying is I've seen it in corporations. I've seen it in professional sports. I've, you know, I was a professional athlete. I've been around it. You know, I've been around a person that said, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because they want to be in the loop. Right. But what they didn't realize we really needed was for someone to say, no, that doesn't work. That's not a smart decision. 
So what we're doing now with our guys and with their families is that we're creating levels of accountability around them. And we're putting stipulations in place and processes in place so that they can go to reliable resources and that they can see that things aren't as easy, that no, you shouldn't invest in that restaurant or no, you shouldn't invest in that car dealership or yeah, you know what? You should invest in that car dealership because, right? But we give them real structure and processes and systems to put it in place so that it can create a foundation of sustainability. Love it. I mean, accountability, we talk about it all the time. You know, I think the higher up you get, the, the less accountability either you think you need or the less accountability people want to be to you, like to stay in the loop. So if you are a CEO, an entrepreneur, like what is, you know, how do you interview someone to be your no man instead of your yes man? You know, what, what questions do you ask to make sure that person can talk you off the ledge when you're supposed to, when you're going to do something that's, that's harmful to your, to you, your reputation, your family? I think it's really you establishing what your standards are. And you're saying to yourself, these are my standards. How do I surround myself with people that understand my standards, that have the same standards of accountability? And I think a lot of it, Boomer, is you have to bring people in your circle that you don't directly employ, right? Like you're a great example where you have to bring them into, into your circle enough where they know what's going on to have context because context is critical because people won't tell you no because if, if you're going to somebody asking them to tell you no and you tell them the situation, you're going to tell that situation in a favorable light, mm -hmm. right? And they're going to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. But if they don't have the context of what reality is mm -hmm. and not being in your circle to look yeah. at it from what's real only on the surface, they can't be your no person. Yeah. So that's why you have to bring what I, call, I consider them trusted advisors that know enough to have context of what's going on in your day-to-day -day life to be able to have the opportunity to tell you no. It's easy for us to leave out some information to get people to do what we <laughs> it's want. It's very convenient sometimes. You know, it's very convenient. You're like, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. All right, let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> makes sense to me. Context, context is so <laughs> underestimated. That's right. But it's That's incredibly right. important. Incredibly important. So yeah. Leonard, Leonard, when we asked you to be on this podcast and told you the name of it, Next Level Hustle, what came to your mind as we kind of wrap this, uh, as we land the plane, so to speak? Um, you know, Soft landing. Soft landing, you know. What came to your mind? What were you excited to talk about? And, uh, you know, what would you leave our, our less listeners with? Um, maybe some habits to bring their hustle to the next level. Well, one of the things I thought about was, I said, what. You know, for these two guys to be talking about next level, they have to be next level. That was the first thing I thought about, right? And I said, you're not going to associate with someone that's not next level. And so then I said, the hustle part, I said, okay, I think about grinding. I think about hustling when you're tired, getting up when you don't want to, going to bed a little late and not complaining about it the next day. Right. And I mean, all of that went through my head. You know, you know how I think, boom. So, so, and, and so then I said, okay, how do I fit in next level? And then next level hustle. How do I fit in that? And then I start reflecting on things that I did in my life. And I'm going, gosh, Lord, you're amazing. 
like, you know, and, and you start to celebrate that and you get excited. You're like, I'm ready for next level hustle. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Like, let's go. So Greg, can I tell you a quick story on that? I'm just gonna <laughs> yes. I'm just gonna digress for a minute. So on the way to school every morning, my kids, we we pray on the way to school every morning. And then I go, I said, I say, let's go. And then I make both the kids do it. And I rate it from zero to ten. And my son would be like, let's go. I'm like, that's a three. You're going to bed at 830 tonight. My daughter would be like, let's go. I'm like, okay, cool. You can stay up till nine. And then my son like yells it. And it's, it's a thing, right? Yeah, that's good And stuff. it's uh, it's fun. And, and we, you know, my thing is like, let's go and win the day. Just wake up every morning and just win today. If you can yeah. win today, you're going to win tomorrow. That's good. And it's going to compound over time. You're going to be great. That's good. I love right? it. Yeah. So I love, I love Let's Go. So I'm glad you said that. I love that. And I don't, this is the first time we've actually talked. I want our listeners to know, like, I don't even know, I don't even know you very well, but I've loved this conversation. Well, thank I want you to make so sure that we continue this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, but uh, I thank you for coming on today. <laughs> no, this has been amazing. Uh, I just want to say thanks to, to all of you. But this is, this is a blessing for me uh, to be able to share in any capacity. So I just want you both to know that that is greatly appreciated. Thank you. And John, I have a shameless plug at the end of this podcast. Leonard is one of my coaches at Camp Boom. And oh, so let's go. Camp Boom is let's a per personal development camp that I have in Virginia. And May 18th through 21st. And so uh, spend some quality time with myself and Leonard and some other master coaches uh, working on yourself. Uh, Leonard is also a certified emotional intelligence coach, too. So he's well-versed in a lot of different areas. You know what? I am... Um I love doing what I do for a living, but you know, when whenever we go to Camp Boom, it always takes me to a next level. Truly, it really does because you have the spiritual, you have the emotional, you have the exhaustion. That is true exhaustion. Like I'm not exaggerating, but you have the growth mm. at the end of the day. Like you have this area of your life that continues to be just fed, you know, and this hunger that you went up there with, you don't leave with it. That's what makes it powerful. So I'm going to say one more thing before we close this out. May you be blessed with thoughts and opportunities and take action that will create abundance in your life. I love that. I'm John and I'm out. I'm Boomer and I'm out. I'm Leonard and let's go! Thanks for listening to the Next Level Hustle podcast, where we help you accelerate what you already know to the next level. If you'd like to support the podcast, consider sharing it on social media, subscribing wherever you listen, or leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week for another Next Level Hustle conversation. I'm John, and I'm out. And I'm Boomer. I'm also out.